I guess I'd like to say that the mayoralty race is getting more interesting. I thought it was fairly interesting to begin with. I, I find it fascinating how wide the field is. But I think that's because it is so, you know, the last election was so lopsided. You had John Tory. Everybody knew he was going to win. So nobody decided to spend money or time or political capital in order to try and beat him, except for Gil Penalosa, perhaps, and a few others. But, you know, whenever one guy says, well, you know, I placed fourth. Yeah, with 1.6% of the vote. I mean, John Tory was elected mayor, 66% of the vote. This time, however, you got the likes of Josh Matlow, Mark Saunders, Brad Bradford, Anna Bailao, and as of 10.30 this morning, unless she's trolling us, in which case there's going to be live produce, uh, <laughs> raw produce thrown at her because she's making her announcement in Chinatown. Uh, Olivia Chow enters the race at 8, uh, 10.30 this morning. It's going to be a lot of fun to hear what Jerry has to say. It's going to be a lot of fun to hear the debate as it continues. Uh, we put out an invitation to Olivia Chow, said join us on our show this morning, and her people said, no, nope, everyone has to wait for 1030. And you know what? Every other candidate, I think, has done the news cycle right. And it's not just me. I mean, they've gone to all of the player radio and TV stations and sat down during the morning cycle, which is where the bulk of the listeners and viewers are, and they've done their interview. And as a matter of fact, they've been able to run the table because they would get 10 minutes on CP24 and 10 minutes here. They'd go to somewhere else and on it goes. Olivia Chow is going to stand behind a microphone today and have to take raw questions from reporters. It may not go her way. But back to the race as it exists and the fact that pretty well anybody could be elected. My guest is Dennis Pilon. He's an associate professor of political science at York University. Good morning, professor. Good morning. Let's dig in. I've been in predicting this interview or teasing this interview. I've been saying that we're going to talk about the math of this race. And the problem here is, I mean, I, I get it. Sometimes an MP or an MPP is elected with like 29% or 32% of the vote. In this case, we could end up with somebody who's elected by like a very small rump. And, you know, it's anybody's for the winning or the losing. Absolutely. It's uh, it's going to be a very interesting and maybe bizarre result, uh, because not only could they win with a small amount because there's so many candidates and nobody's really sure who's got the upper hand. But it's also going to be low voter turnout uh, because we don't have any local campaigns that are helping to mobilize people in the different parts of the city. Uh, it's a by-election, so people aren't really paying that much attention like they would if it had been built up over time in a regular campaign. So, yeah, you know, double whammy in terms of uh, how this could go very strange. Okay, so, I mean, what's the genuine jeopardy here? I mean, we've spelled out one scenario, but could we end up electing the accidental mayor of Toronto? Very much so. That is exactly what could occur under these circumstances, though there are a couple of things that are going to come into play here because there's such a short amount of time for the campaign, because people aren't really paying that much attention. It's going to come down to which teams have got the resources, and that's probably going to be the teams that have some connection to political parties. You know, that's the dirty little secret of municipal politics. Everybody says, oh, there's no party politics at City Hall, except there is, right? The campaigns sure. are all looking in the background. 
so I think that's how it's going to it's going to play out is that we're going to see the candidates that have links to the conservatives, to the liberals, to the NDP. They're going to be able to get out into the communities or get into the news cycle, as you say, much more readily than this long list of people who put their name forward that maybe nobody really knows. And you have predicted that this, I was going to say, could turn nasty. It already has. I mean, some of these people have got the knives out. Absolutely. Well, they've got to get people's attention. And we know that, uh, you know, if it bleeds, it leads, you know. So that's the kind of thing that, you know, the news tends to glom onto. So it's not surprising that in this very small window that people have got, you know, it's the only way that the multitude of candidates are going to be able to try to get themselves in front of the voters because the traditional methods are not going to work here, right? They're they're not going to be able to get into every neighborhood across the city and meet people in glad hand. That's that's not realistic. Okay, so, I mean, in your estimation, is this good for politics or could it turn into a disaster? Because, I mean, on the good side, we've got some very capable candidates running for office here. Uh, I mean, you know, it is what it is. It's, it's you know, the municipal politics scene is a mess. We've seen all this kind of tomfoolery of the provincial government getting in there and, you know, making all of the wards bigger and cutting council down to size and giving the mayor all these extra powers. I mean, if obviously, we're a society that doesn't seem to care that much about democracy and local and local government. Having said that, um, I, I can't see that the mayoral by-election is going to be any better or worse than it would have been at any other time. Okay, good to have you. Hope we can have you back. Hey, anytime. Dennis M. Pidon is Associate Professor of Political Science at York University.